good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you in the office. It's Tuesday. We're uh, just kind of rocking along on this week. Had a whale of a storm blow through here this morning. Of course, it wasn't supposed to. It was supposed to be north of us today, if anything at all. And unbeknownst to me, I'm a sitting there drinking my coffee early this morning, and a big old lightning bolt slaps down out there in front of me, about blinded me in the front window. And then all kind of thunder broke loose. Wind come a-screaming down the plains of Oklahoma. Actually, they were crossways instead of down. Uh, it came out of the west and rolling. I think we had some records uh, showing in, in Perkins, a little town we live close to, at about 79 miles an hour. Uh, blew what little bit of trees we got left up again and blew the garden all apart again. I, my little weather station showed that we were at about 63 miles an hour, sustained for several minutes uh, the old poor old tree out front was about touching the ground again, stuff blowing by, <laughs> had to go find our trash can. It took a road trip this morning and just, uh, just quite chaotic. These little storms have been brutal this, uh, this spring and this summer. Uh, they just keep coming. We're thankful for the rain. We got about an inch and a half of rain in about an hour. Uh, so it, it, it flooded everything really quickly and, but I don't have to water the garden tonight, thankfully. So we did go out and pick a few more things and kind of eyeball things, try to straighten up some of the tomato plants and pepper plants all laid over. But I think we got it all sorted out, and they'll be okay once the sun comes back out and warms things up again. So I want to share with you a, me- a message today. This is from our friend Bubba Rutherford. Now, Bubba writes a lot of things, and you know I share a lot of his stuff. Um, and mostly they have to do with farming and whatnot, principles of farming. He's written a message, uh, and I don't know how long ago he wrote this. I, I I capture these and I save them. This one, I think, is relatively fresh, at least from where he posted it. Um, but it really caught my attention. I, I think, you know, it's it's definitely something that, that bears um, repeating. It, it bears sharing. Because I think all of us need to really get a good grip and an understanding uh, on, on many things of ministry. When we think of ministries and ministers and, and how how things go. You know, there's a country song out there that's called The Flyover States. You ever listen to that? You know, how it's that some dude singing the songs in an airplane and they're talking about all these states that don't really mean anything, don't really offer anything, don't really have anything to give. So they call them flyover states. In other words, they really ain't worth paying attention to. You just fly over them. Well, I titled this one tonight, Flyover Ministries. <laughs> and, and you'll see, maybe maybe you'll catch why. I, I have oftentimes a lot of fun when I title my messages. Uh, but this one I, taught, I called Flyover Ministries. And again, it's by our friend Bubba Rutherford at Rutherford Land and Cattle Company. Now, this is his story. He said, I got an old mare. Her name is Bonnie. She's retired now. If you come buy cattle from us, you'll see her out in the front pasture enjoying life. Bonnie was an easy keeper. I never had to grain her much. But as I would get her up years ago and start riding her, I'd feed her pretty, uh, feed her better because of the work she was putting in. Bonnie knew how to put her head down and go to work. All the other horses would be making noise, trying to disturb her concentration, but she'd just keep her head down and work. I didn't need her getting out of shape, losing weight, not being able to perform, so I took good care of her. Well, after we retired her, I still take very good care of her. Not for what she's doing today but for everything that she's done for my family and myself in the past. She deserves being taken care of very well. He says, I look at ministries the same way and ministers. When I was start, first started preaching, 
I'd travel to every prison that the chaplain would let me in uh, to come in and preach. I'd go to every small church that was needing to help to fill the pulpit. I'd give products away so that people would gather just so I could get to preach to them. I would do whatever it took to get people together to listen to God's Word, most of the time paying my own way. Now listen to what I'm about to say. It's not your opportunity to bash preachers. I want you to understand what I'm speaking of. When I started, I drove a little S10 Chevy. I was going to prisons, and I was preaching the gospel. I got asked to spend some time at a local private prison. It housed up to 1,000 or 1,200 inmates. Needing study Bibles, I contacted a particular ministry, told them who I was, and told them what I needed. Immediately, I had cases of study Bibles shipped to us the very next day. It would have these, it, it would have these inmates for about a month, and then they'd get shipped off to another uh, facility. Well, I'd call the ministry back up, and they would ship me cases of study Bibles again. I would teach the inmates how to use them, and they would get shipped off, and the cycle would start all over again. Each shipment would be hundreds and thousands of dollars. It'd be all this dollars for the Bibles coming to us. Each day, they would ship thousands of dollars of Bibles all around the world with these prisoners. Folks, it takes money to do that. The Bible teaches us to not muzzle the ox while he's treading the grain. It's 1 Timothy 5, 18, meaning let him eat a little while he's working. He's deserving of it. I'm a firm believer in giving your tithe to your local church. Most large ministries will tell you the same. With that being said, a lot of the big ministries that people bash and don't agree with, and I don't agree with all of them, but they are helping a lot of people. Sometimes we don't have a clue what these ministries have been through and the prices their families have paid. I could tell you a few stories of my own right there. I look at the Old Testament, then the New Testament, and see very wealthy men and women of God, and I see poor ones all serving God. Do you know the richest men and women in the world are people who take principles in the Word and apply them to their current life? So what I'm saying is, if you'll put your head down like old Bonnie and do the work God has given you and pray for the ministries and the ministers, even the ones that the world bashes for flying jets, driving nice cars. They may have an abundance of supplies to help you reach people for the kingdom of God. It's a crying shame that some people treat their pets better than they do ministers and ministries who are trying to reach people for the kingdom of God. You know, come to think about it, every time I've had a vision and needed help from an outside ministry to help me see it come into existence, God has used ministries that fly jet planes and that drive fancy vehicles and have a bigger portfolio than I do to team up with us. Maybe it's because I'd rather tap into the anointing than run it down. For every negative remark the enemy brings out about these powerful men or women of God, I'm sure they've got ten testimonies of God's goodness to them. Not all rich preachers are straight up, and not all people who call themselves Christians are real. But I've got my head down doing kingdom work so we don't have time to bash the bad ones. Just like old Bonnie, she has seen many horses come and go across that front entrance at Rutherford Land and Cattle, but she is one of the only ones that has gotten to stay. These ministries have seen thousands run them down every day, but they just keep doing kingdom work 
while others drowned in their small mentality. So before you point the finger at all these great ministries who have blessed millions of people, remember this. As you point one finger out, there are three fingers pointed back at yourself. So check yourself out and see if you're doing more than they are. Now that's a kind of a kind of a shin kicking little message there from our friend Bubba. Um, <laughs> and I want to interject a few things. I've been in ministry now for for several years. Uh, I took my first uh, turn into ministry in 1997. I moved the fall of 1997. I moved to Durango, Colorado. I youth pastored for a little Assembly of God church there in Durango. That was a growing experience. Um, Durango is an interesting place. A lot of interesting people. A lot of interesting mentality. Um, there, there was a lot to do there. I didn't last very long there. Uh, for whatever reason, God took me through a fast-paced uh, trial and error, a learning curve. I, I, I grew deeply under the pastorate that I was there to serve. Uh, Pastor Stan Formby was not only a great family friend of, of past years, uh, he became an, an, an incredible mentor to me over the time that I got to spend there with him. Uh, he, he, he poured into me, and not only did he pour into me, but he challenged me to find my own answers. And, and there were things that we encountered along life's path of a small ministry uh, trying to do big things. It was difficult. But you know what? I watched as men and women of God stood alongside that pastor and, and poured into that ministry so that we had opportunity to do things that, that he saw as great vision. I soon moved to Farmington, New Mexico. Um, man, it wasn't long in Farmington, and the next thing I know, we had an opportunity. We started a skate park on the church parking lot, World Harvest Center. Um, what a mess that was. <laughs> but it was such a cool mess. Got open door after door after door. We bought a half pipe out of a ministry in Albuquerque, and me and several of the young men of our church went down and picked that dumb thing up, and we brought it all out in pieces, and we bolted this thing together to look like it was a piece of Noah's Ark. So that's what we actually called it, Noah's Ark. It was a monstrous metal-faced halfpipe. I'm talking 8 feet to the rail, 21 feet across. It had 21 feet of transition in the bottom. For those of you that know what I'm talking about, it was a huge undertaking. We added much to that. I had uh, young men come into the ministry that actually became leaders that were skaters and BMX bikers, and, and, and it, it just developed. God began to develop a ministry out of a vision. We didn't have the funding. Uh, we're a small church. We're a small congregation, but it was growing, and things were churning, and the, the, the ministry was moving. I had people drive up on my parking lot. I'll never forget one particular gentleman the first time it happened uh, the, the, I won't. I won't mention the guy's name because I don't. I don't want to cause him any trouble. But they they had an oil field business in Farmington. Farmington was full of oil and gas industry. Uh, this this gentleman drove in in a big old beautiful red Ford, bright red Ford, big old four wheel drive pickup. A little short cowboy jumped out of that thing and he walked up to me and he shook my hand, told me who he was, asked me if I was running this. I said, Well, I'm the youth pastor. This is my project, and he just handed me a check. Seriously. I've never seen this guy before in my life. And he hands me a check. What he said was this. I see what's happening here. I want to be a part of it. He went on to, to fund many other events for me. He simply told me, if you've got a need, call me. Him and his wife actually began attending the church some when they were in town. They were 
uh, out of Texas, uh, with b- bouncing back and forth with business, flying, <laughs> flying back and forth, if you will, uh, but, and, and just became good friends and, and a great support to the ministry that we were doing there. Uh, he supported so many things. He actually supported me bringing in Tommy Colonin. Tommy Colonin, is, his label name is Urban D, Urban Disciple. Tommy Pastors Crossover Church in Tampa, Florida. Check that out. That's a that's an incredible ministry that Tommy started when it was just like seven or eight youth in the youth group. And him and his wife showed up there as youth pastors fresh out of seminary school. Now they pastor this this mega inner city ministry going on in Tampa. And I say inner city because it's full of the inner city culture, the hip hop culture. It's a, it's an incredible ministry. Check them out, Tommy Colonin Crossover Church, Tampa, Florida. Uh, it's an it's an incredible ministry. But but this man helped me bring Tommy and a, and another gentleman with him. We called him Spec. We brought him with him, flew him in, and they went into the juvenile detention center with me. I was the chaplain at the juvenile detention center for San Juan County, New Mexico. Uh, and we set up a special night, and Tommy and Speck went with me into the ministry time there in the juvenile detention center. And and, and here this guy is. He's a hip hop guy. He's he's got the appearance. He's got the culture behind him, and he and he flowed freely inside that place that allowed God to minister through him into those young men and women that I dealt with in this ministry uh, in the chaplaincy. It was an incredible time. We did a we did a concert. He spoke uh, at another event at the church uh, that Sunday, and just these t- these things that came, these things that continued to flow in uh, as God provided uh, during all of these things. Maybe people who flew jets, people who drove fancy cars. What I'm telling you all this is this: it's God uses multiples to to minister, and oftentimes. Uh, people will badmouth those jet-flying ministries, those fancy cars. I've heard many mega church pastors tell their stories. Most of those guys started with nothing, and God blessed them because they gave. God blessed them because they gave. God blessed them because they gave. I want you to get the principle involved, and this is exactly what uh, my friend Bubba is sharing here. There is a principle in giving as we give to the Lord, when we put our head down and we go to work doing whatever it is he's given us to do, let him take care of the other details. He'll put people in our path. He continually puts people in my path in the ministry that I'm in as an evangelist. I don't get really paid much to do any of this, but God supplies. God's constantly supplying the need. He constantly takes care. Ron and I talk about this so frequently. God knows he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There's been a couple of times I've asked him if he'd let me sell a couple of those because we might be in a significant need of something in particular. But you know what? When we put it before the Lord, God provides. You know the duck call ministry that I have? God provides. I've got a whole new order of duck calls that are that are being built right now, and God provided it through people who support this ministry financially. Uh, specifically for that particular part of this ministry that I travel and speak and I use this duck call sermon and I and as I share the duck call sermon using an actual duck call the 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 wounded veterans that we speak to all walk away with a duck call to remember that message by and and a printout of the message sermon I, I give them away frequently at all kinds of events and and it's just sharing the gospel in a new way in a, in another way it opens another element up but it requires 
funding from people who understand what it means to be givers. They might be might be the one that can stand behind a microphone and preach, but they can be the one that supports. It, it, there's a king and there's a kings and priests mentality if you want to look at it in that fashion. Many are are, are here to be priests. Many are here to be kings. Uh, there's always someone to support the ministry, and that's how God designs us. Give, give freely. Pray about things. Open your eyes to see the things that God has in front of you that you would be able to support in the ministry, your local ministry. Tithe to your local church. The Bible says we're to give to our storehouse. The storehouse is where we're being fed from. That's this is pure and simple. If you have a local church that you attend, uh, you're a regular attender at a local ministry. That's your storehouse. That's your tithe, ten percent. That's what tithe means. A ten percent of your income should be going to support that ministry. Everything else, you want to give to me, you want to give to TBN, you want to give to whomever, those become offerings over and above. You want to support missionaries, that's an over and above your tithe. Give to God what is His. You can't outgive Him. He'll give back to you. The Bible says, and we love to use this scripture, it, it, it says that in the same measure in which you give, He will give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, be poured into your lap by men. It'll be poured into your lap by others. That's, that's the principle that Rhonda and I stand on. We fund a lot of our ministry, just like Bubba talks. He, he did a lot of that on his own. I fully understand what he's saying. I understand what it means to figure out how you're going to get a tank of gas in that old truck to get you to your next meeting to speak. Who, who asked, how much will you charge? And you said, well, I won't charge anything. I'm just going to trust God. And, and they, may, they may take up an offering. It might pay for you gas. It might not. But it doesn't matter. God will take care of you. God will sustain you. When you give with a with a with a, a cheerful heart is what God says. Don't give to get. Don't give because you have to. Give because you desire to see the ministry of God move forward. Support local missions, not just foreign ones. Support foreign ones. I've got cousins. I got family that are foreign missionaries. I understand what that means to support foreign missions, but I also have local missions that we support as well. Things that are going on in our own backyards. I, I am supported as a local missionary doing the things that I do. I actually have a church that sends me a check every month because they believe in what I'm doing. I, I love that. I, it, it's humbling. It, believe me, it's humbling. I have others who know me closely who give monthly reoccurring gifts to this ministry to help us continue to do the things that we do. I did not intend for this to turn into a message on giving. I, I really didn't. I, I just, one, we've got to stop bashing these big ministries. Sure, there's some out there that are not worthy of our time. I understand that. People are that way. It's human nature. But there are many who are doing much in the kingdom of God. Learn to discern. Use your Holy Spirit's discernment inside of you to know who is doing the things of God. And, and follow that. Follow your heart. When God asks you to give, give. Follow your heart. Pray about it. Spend time with the Lord and support ministry. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. All of our giving links are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com, pinned right to the top of our Facebook page. You want to support us? You want to give to us? I'll figure out a way to get it. You just let me know. Otherwise, pray with us. Pray for us. Walk with us on this journey as we seek out that which is lost so that it may be found. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.